We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could give this feeling. I wish I could give this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. We're back again. I'm Kel Dansby. You're up in the Andreas Hale. And he's kind of feeling sick. Yeah, man. And I'm tired as hell because I just finished being sick. So we're going to make sure we wrap this up kind of quick today, but we're going to pack it with all the combat sports you're used to. We're also going to talk a little bit of hip-hop and throw in whatever else we feel like. You know, last night we saw Kobe retire. We might have to touch on that because yeah, it was a crazy game. Um, but to give you a quick rundown of what we're talking about this week, we're going to review the Pacquiao Bradley fight, talk about Pacquiao's options moving forward. If he's really going to retire or not, we're going to talk about UFC. Uh, they just announced that they're having the New York city card. We're going to talk a little bit about that and the upcoming UFC 197 pay-per-view. And then we're going to touch on WWE and new Japan. A lot to talk about there. Another key injury. So that hurts the WWE. But, like I said, let's start off on, on some random stuff. Andreas, even though he's sick now, he wasn't sick a couple of days ago when he was chilling on the set of the Tupac movie. Yes, um, I was at the, uh, the All Eyes on Me filming. Uh, it's kind of secret. They were see- uh, filming the, uh, the, the, the scene where Tupac got shot. Um, and a friend of mine, I got invited. Um, apparently, I'm the only writer that's been on set for the entire film. And they were filming the, for the last two days. Um, wrapping up shoot filming with uh, Benny Boom directing uh, Demetrius Ship Jr., who looks goddamn. If there's anybody that looked like Tupac, this kid, oh my god, spot on, scary, scary, scary. So originally, you know, I was told, you know, there wouldn't be any interviews. I would just be invited to the set. 
So I plan to be there from like nine to like ten thirty. Um, Councilman Weekly out here in Vegas. They were, you know, pres- doing this proclamation thing where they were uh, uh, giving an award to them honoring Tupac's memory uh, and filming out here in Vegas on the Strip. But it ended up turning into, hey, you want to stay and uh, interview the cast and uh, watch the film? And so I ended up ended up being there till four in the morning. And um, they give you a sneak preview of the film. <clears throat> Nah, not yet. Not oh, yet. I was gonna um, say, like that's crazy. Yeah, LT Hutton. Cut. Yeah, LT Hutton, who was there, um, is one of the producers. Ed Amin from the Outlaws. He's actually in the movie, and he's one of the producers. Uh, he's a consultant, actually. And so we just got the, we we got a chance to talk. I got the chance to see them film um, the the infamous death scene, which is creepy because I grew up in Vegas, and I happened to be like two pl- blocks away when Pac got shot. Uh, I was at the MGM when the scuffle happened. You know, me and a bunch of my friends, we were a bunch of teenagers trying to get into some trouble. And uh, we had no idea the pot got shot. It was, you know, this is before social media popped off. Hell, it was before cell phones were really a thing. And um, so it was creepy to see it. You know, they, they, I mean, and, they, and it's to a T. The scene, you know, that infamous picture of Suge Knight in the Coogee sweater with Pac with the, uh, the green jersey where he's looking out the, uh, the window. Yeah. They recreate that. And my God, it looks so, it's so spot on. But... Talking to Benny Boom, talking to Edi Amin, um, talking to LT, talking to Demetrius Ship's father, who actually, Demetrius Ship Jr., the kid who plays T- Pac, actually grew up around Pac and, as a kid. He, as a baby, he used to be in the studio. Demetrius Ship Sr. actually produced Toss It Up. So it's like this <laughs> crazy um, intertwining of these people. And then Top Dog hits me and was like, yo, that's my nephew. So Demetrius Ship Jr. is Top Dog's nephew. Like the world is really crazy how tight this is, but um, man, it was just a wild night. Um, now it's it's gone from you know just me being on set to me pitching the story to some huge outlets because being the only writer that's been on set and having the context that I have, and um, talking to Demetrius, who's it was crazy to watch his mannerisms are just like Pac now. Like he's adopted every little piece of Tupac that you can have. So I can't wait for this movie to drop. They, there's no street date yet. There's no release date. Um, they're still filming, like I said, they just wrapped up filming, so they're supposed to go into editing. But, dude, I'm excited to see it. Um, when my story comes out, I'm, I'm excited for a lot of y'all to read it because there's just so much in there about Pac's life and, uh, you know, the cast and Benny Boom. And, and it's like, it's not like they got like minor league people doing this movie. It's um, Oscar nominated, Oscar award women, uh, award winning directors of photography, cinematographers. So it's not just a rap video producer making a Tupac movie. This is like some major level production, but it's dope. And then I came back and I got sick. It was crazy. <laughs> now, it sounds bananas, you know, just seeing all the work that goes into it. It's not going to be like, you know, the TLC movie on like VH1 or something like it's nah. legit. And we see, you know, it, it has something that can be kind of have the same impact as straight out of Compton when we saw that and it was like, yo, it's so close because they have firsthand knowledge and people who are around the entire time. So it's dope that they, you know, really reached out and got the people needed to make a great movie. You know, what, what kind of makes this one even more interesting, though, is because Pac has passed. And even with the NWA movie, because you just had Ice Cube and Dre handling, like, the consulting for that film. So it was kind of skewed towards one side, whether you liked it or not. You know, you knew, you know, we didn't, they didn't talk much about the D-Barnes incident, nothing like that. In this movie, however, everything, from, from what I understand, is getting talked about. You know, talking to Edi Amin, which is crazy watching him, because Edi Amin was in the car behind Pac when Pac got shot. So when they're filming that scene, I'm watching Edi have to recreate this, like 20 years has passed, and you're reliving the night that Pac got shot. But um, he was like, you know, we want to be really true to who Pac was, the controversies and the good things. So 
everything from it seems like the rape, you know, the, the, uh, him shooting the cops in Atlanta um, in the ass, like everything. You're going to get all of that here. So it's going to I feel like it's going to be even more authentic. And with Demetrius looking just like Pac, you know, we, we might get a better movie than Straight Outta Compton. I have to wait and see it. But pff, man, just it's, it's crazy. Now, nah, it's dope. Started your week off on a good note. Um, but before then. We even had, you know, some boxing that we went to and Pacquiao fight, and we got to talk about that. But last night, sick or not, I know you watched Kobe drop 60. Man, broke Twitter. What happened? Like, Twitter was messed up all night because these two on the court, it felt like. Yo, Kobe broke Twitter. He did what Kim Kardashian nudes couldn't do. Man. Oh, my God. And that's what it took. And, you know, shout out to Steph and the Warriors making history. Steph was on fire to start that game. But, you know, by the second half, no one cared. The game was wrapped up. Steph was just shooting to shoot. He had gotten the record for 400 three-pointers in a season, which is crazy. And people were just there to see Kobe. And Kobe put on a show in, what, the last five minutes of that game? Yeah, I mean, what did we do? Score 15? Was it 15 points in the last three minutes? 15 points last three minutes on... Well, he was perfect shooting-wise. So I think he might have been four for four. Had to be 16 points then, because he... Hit all four of his free throws as well. I mean, yo, okay. So it's funny because you watched the game. Like I, I had my split screen going, and I had the Warriors on the big screen first because I was like, I need to see how this game starts because if the Warriors run out, it's going to be a wrap. But then it's, as soon as that game got out of hand, it was like Kobe was like, all right, now everybody's watching me because he had a terrible first five minutes of that game. I was like, damn, he's going to score like 15 points in his last game. <laughs> oh for 5. Yeah, then he just went nuts. And I'm like, yo, son, he, he shot 50 shots, man. 50 shots. <laughs> like, Yo, he can't feel his arms today. No arms, no legs. And they weren't easy shots. Contested nah. all night. Getting fouled in the lane. Yo, Kobe Kobe last night. Kobe did Kobe. That was like, it. Yo, it was the last hurrah. Um, yeah. Sadly, it's the last hurrah. It would have been dope to see him, you know, play in the Olympics. Or just even be on the team. Like, if you're not going to play, whatever. Just be on the team. Give the guy I, a spot. I don't even want to say. Like, I think, like, this was. But this is the walk-off. So, I understand. Yeah. This is, this is the finest retirement moment I think I, I know that I've ever seen. Like, if MJ retired making that shot up with Byron Scott in the, in the NBA Finals, that would have been it. But then MJ came back and tarnished his legacy with, with the Wizards. Um, so what Kobe did last night, pff, forget about it. I've just never seen anything like that. And then it's like, and he doesn't have to come back. Why? Well, he took I just, 50 I, shots. I mean, yeah. still, I mean, you give MJ 50 shots his last game, he's putting up 70, 80. But, but he didn't. Like, see, the thing... No, he the, didn't go... <laughs> he didn't wild out and go nut the entire game. Like, the thing about just rode off into the sunset. The thing about this that makes it different is that everybody knew Kobe was retiring. Now, if Kobe was to come back, it ruins everything. But when Kobe said at the beginning of the season, this is it, so it became the, the, the Kobe tour. So this last game, everybody was paying attention. So Kobe knew he had to put it all on the line in the last game. And the Utah he, Jazz knew he had to put it all on the line, and they let him. Well, For much of that game... Until I say like the final five where he really earned it, like that second half of that fourth quarter, he earned it. Before then, they were giving him bunnies. Like, yeah, yeah, man, just shoot, do your thing. It's your last game. They were eliminated. They found out at halftime. They were like, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's just regardless. Like 60 points from from Kobe who – Who's you know been shooting terrible from the field? It's not like he shot great in this game, but he he came in clutch, Kobe, like he did, and then he ends it by dropping an assist. Like he passed, he passed the torch at the end of the game. Full court lane. Yeah, man, it's it was one hell of a way to go out. It reminds me a lot like of when Jeter went out and he just got tossed like the easiest pitch ever, so he could hit his home run 
Yankee yeah. Stadium and call it a career. Uh, Kobe got tossed that, but then when it came down to it and he had to win the game, the Jazz weren't trying to let him win. They, they didn't care how much they let him score. They were trying to win the game, and Kobe willed the Lakers to win. Those yeah. last, like, two or three shots were just incredible. Yeah, yeah. That, especially, I mean, that, that last one before he started shooting the free throws, you know, he, at top of the key, shoots over to the right, shoots the pretty J, knocks it down. I'm like, yo, forget about it. I was I'm waiting like, for him to hit the Jordan shrug. Right. Like, I, you know, this is, this is my life. Like, I, this, it's a wrap. This, this is the best way to go out. Now, let's talk about another guy who's going out. Manny Pacquiao, uh, supposedly, going I'll, out after this Timothy Bradley fight. We were both there. I mean, the, I guess the people showed. There was a great atmosphere when their fight came on. So more people were there than I thought would be there. It was a louder crowd than I thought. They were just late showing. So Pacquiao still brings them out. Um, kind of. I mean, it still felt subdued up until the point where Manny was in the ring. Like, the diehard Manny fans were there, but the casual fan didn't give a shit about this fight. Um, and I, I, I could see why. You know, it's, it's everything that's been going on, it was, pff, nobody cared. Um, but all in all, Pacquiao had a good showing. He looked good. Uh, it seemed like a little bit of that killer instinct came back when he, when he dropped Pat, uh, Bradley made him tuck and roll grandma on the, uh, <laughs> late in the fight. Um. You know, Bradley just had nothing for him. And as good as Teleatos was, I mean, it really is a testament that Manny still has it. He can still go. Uh, well, I thought Bradley did okay until that first, like, phantom knockdown. Hey, I don't know if it was a real knockdown or not. I still watched it over and over. He gets grazed by the left, but it does yeah. look like Manny pulls his gloves down. And once your yeah. gloves touch, you know, it's a knockdown. So it is what it is. Uh, he just seemed off balance. Manny pulled him to the ground. So I think that messed up his psyche more than anything. Because I had it 3-3. Well, yeah, it was close early. It was close. It yeah, was close. and then, you know, he, he gets that knockdown and, you know, the old Bradley habits come in. Yeah, and, and I mean, Pacquiao turned it up, too. Like, yeah. the offensive output turned up. Even though these two didn't throw a lot of punches to, for the entire fight, but it felt like Pacquiao was trying to um, figure himself out for the first three rounds. Yeah. And then once he got it together, he just kind of steamrolled the rest of the fight. He just took over, and there was nothing that Bradley could do to stop him. No, that last knockdown, like you said, was crazy. Um, still can't get the knockout. Pacquiao, no knockout since 2009. Um, so we're seeing a different fighter. But skill-wise, he, he still has it when he can open up. I, yeah. don't know, I don't know if he has the gas to do it, you know, the entire fight anymore. The days of seeing Pacquiao throw, what, 70 punches or something in a round are way gone. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it depends on the opponent. Um, it's, you know, he's 37, man. You know, when you get 37, you've been fighting since, you know, for 21 years. It's time to... You know, it's time to really consider your career and consider your opponents. But with that being said, I just don't buy that Manny's retiring. He ain't walking I, away. And I feel like I feel like everything at the post fight press conference and the and everything leading up to it, where his you know he keeps putting the onus on his family. My wife, my mother want me to retire. I'm gonna be a senator. Like never has Manny Pacquiao said like Floyd Mayweather. Like I'm tired of this shit and I feel like retiring. He still wants to fight. And when he's moping around the house and Jinky's looking at Manny like, what are you doing, Manny? She, he's like, I'm unhappy, Jinky. I want to fight. She's going to have to let him fight again. He's going to have to. He's going to fight again. Yeah, just, being a senator can't be that fun. Nah. And, and plus, you know, you know, the money you make fighting, you know, he's making $20 million for this fight plus pay-per-view. Like, whatever the next fight is, if it were to be against Terrence Crawford, which I think Terrence Crawford beats him. Um, but whatever, whatever he does, he still, that's more money than he's going to ever make being a senator. He could build more houses and hospitals or whatever he wants to do in the Philippines. I just don't see why 
retire if 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 you, if you want if you have the desire to fight and you want to make more money you might as well fight because he's still not he's not out yet um me personally if none of these circumstances surrounding Manny Pacquiao existed I kind of want to just retire I don't necessarily need to see him fight again but I think he I don't I can't see him walking away from the sport I think there's going to be another big payday out there for him that's what keeps him there I, I think you know whether or not he still wants to fight I don't know um being a senator seems like it's his goals and ambition and he wants to help people but being a senator and passing laws for a country that isn't a wealthy one uh isn't going to do much so i'm i'm not sure if he expects you know state funding from the philippines to kind of carry his efforts in building houses and taking care of the poor and all that stuff it's just not going to happen yeah. So he had to come out of pocket before. And if he tries to do so again, he's going to notice he's running out of money quick. So another big fight helps him come out of pocket, uh, whether he's a senator or not. The big fight that everyone's going to turn their eyes to, like as soon as the rumblings pick up, is Floyd versus Manny too. And, oh. and they have the built-in excuse off of the shoulder injury. You have him you know, fighting a guy like Timothy Bradley, who looked great in his fight before this. And look good for, you know, the first six rounds. And Manny turning it up and showing a glimpse of that old Manny. And then, of course, you have Skip Bayless and all those guys drumming it up. Uh, fight night already saying, you know, this Pacquiao would beat Mayweather. See what a, ha a healthy Pacquiao can do. Uh, just that narrative and, and the press just twisting the minds of the majority. And it can sell again. So yeah. Manny's not turning down another 100 mil. I just don't. I don't want to see that fight happen again. You it's know, it's gonna so, be the exact same thing. Yeah, I, like the shoulder excuse, like whatever you want to say. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. You know, first you got to Floyd has to come out of retirement, and then Manny's got to come out of retirement, and then they have to negotiate money and all these other things that they have to do in order to make this fight happen. I, I just don't. I don't want to see it. I would, I, like I said, if Manny's gonna fight, I like to see him fight Terence Crawford. If he doesn't fight, then I'm fine with it. Floyd, he, he's not gonna I, put Crawford over though. Like that's you're pretty much just asking him, you know, put the young guy over. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, if Bob Arum offers him enough money because he's got to make a star, and Arum's the promoter at the end of the day, and Terence Crawford needs a Manny Pacquiao fight to become boxer's next big thing. So, you know, you see the do or die for Terence Crawford because if he's fighting Victor Postal out here in Vegas on July 23rd, that's not gonna be a star making fight. You know, you need the Manny Pacquiao to put you over. So I, that's the fight I'd like to see happen if he's going to continue. But if not, I just, I don't, I mean, I just don't want to see Mayweather Pacquiao too. I, I have no desire to see that fight whatsoever. And I hate that, that people are going to start talking about this because, you know, Manny, Manny was just completely outclassed by Floyd Mayweather. And it doesn't matter how good that shoulder is. He, Manny would have never beaten him before. He would never be, would have beaten during. He just would never be Floyd Mayweather. It wasn't going to happen. And, and people just want the hope. And you can sell hope. If we, we know that. And yeah. they're just looking to sell something. Talking about, you know, a future star, Anthony Joshua fought, uh, yeah. earned his first belt, Olympian, uh, Olympic gold medalist, UK superstar at this point. I, the kid, what, sold out the arena in London in what, two minutes? Well, yeah, Something I mean, crazy. The UK, I mean, UK's got big boxer fans, you know, so it's like Khan, Hatton, those guys are always going to sell out their buildings. Um, but Two I, minutes. That's for a kid that's three years into his boxing career. Granny was going for his first major title, and he put on a show. Well, yeah. I mean, we don't know much about Charles Martin. Charles Martin just got beat up by a I don't know how fight. he had that belt, by the way. Yeah, that's that's the thing. But Joshua looked good, man. You know, I mean, 
The kid looks good. He has a look to him. He's, I mean, he's super muscular. He looks, it looks like, like Cam Newton. Yeah, it's crazy. He looks like a super huge Cam Newton. But um, you know, he's had the country's backing because he's you know super heavyweight in the Olympics. So the country's always going to be behind him. But uh, he, yeah, he's definitely starting to make it. I, I don't know if he'll ever have true crossover appeal. Um, it'll be interesting to see. He's gonna have to knock out. He's gonna have to fight some different competition and knock out a lot more people. But he's definitely on his way. The kid has star qualities to him. But um, yeah, I mean, it's Charles Martin. I, I mean, second round knockout. I. Pff, I don't know who Charles Martin is. Charles I don't Martin. either. I mean, uh, Anthony Joshua, he just, his look, the the way he put together his combos, that right hand slipped it in so easy and effortlessly. I, I think he gives a lot of people in the heavyweight division right now a problem, especially yeah, no. after watching that last Klitschko fight um, versus Fury. They were moving in slow motion compared to what I saw. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, Klitschko and Fury, completely different styles. Um, you know, Fury-Klitschko rematch has been booked, but... uh you know, a Fury-Joshua fight is really interesting because Fury is really long and rangy. As boring as that Klitschko fight is, you know, his style just gives you problems. Um, but it, it'll be interesting, man. The heavyweight division is interesting again. Of course, you got Deontay Wilder fighting Alexander Povetkin. Um, so there, there's some In things. Russia for some reason. Well, yeah, it, I mean, it could have been the States, but, you know, it, it's going to draw in Russia. Uh, it'll be a big fight in Russia, and Wilder should come out with a victory. He's still very green. Um, he's still there's a lot of polish that needs to happen with Deontay Wilder, but you, we got they got to rush him though, right? He's thirty. Like, yeah, no, I mean it's time. It's time. The heavyweight division is just super thin. There's really nowhere to go. So you know, Wilder beats Povetkin. Either he's waiting for a Fury or a Klitschko or you know a David Hay or somebody. He's got to fight somebody. And Anthony Joshua, he's the same case. He's knocked out everybody that he's fought. Um, there's not too many people left before you got to start putting these guys against each other. No, yeah, definitely. And as soon as that fight happened, like I wrote an article, it's like boxing's best chance at a super fight moving forward is between a Joshua and a Wilder. Just because they're heavyweights, the power, the knockouts, that, that sells themselves. And then, you you know, you put Wilder's mouth behind the promotion and Joshua's look, it, it, it builds one hell of a narrative. Yeah, and I mean, uh, people looked at me a little crazy because everyone's like, Triple G, Triple G versus Canelo. I'm like, it's not a super fight. On the platform of what we consider a super fight now, with you know, uh, Pacquiao versus Mayweather, and the standards that kind of set. So two heavyweights, young, just in shape heavyweights. When was the last time we had two in shape heavyweights in the ring at the same damn time? Like the the looks sell themselves. Yeah, but I mean, I think Canelo Triple G is still a bigger fight. I mean, that's the fight everybody wants to see. There's there's a bill behind it. It's you have the Mexican contingency backing up Canelo. You have the UK with Joshua. it's not the same. The UK... Like, I saw stars come out for Wilder versus Stavern. Well, yeah. I mean, it was a heavyweight fight in Vegas, but it's, it's still not the level of what Canelo... Because, one, he fought Floyd. You know, he's fought... He's, he's packing out arenas. He's in the States. And Mexico is closer to the U.S. than the U.K. And Mexicans live in the U.S. and are going to back Canelo. And Triple G is the boogeyman. <laughs> and there is no other fighter like Triple G out there right now. Like People like Deontay Wilder. People like Anthony Joshua. But neither of them look as unbeatable as Triple G has looked. And when Tri- Triple G fights Wade in New York, and, and, the, and the other thing is the marketing. Triple G has fought in New York. Triple G has fought in L.A. And he's built fan bases on both coasts. Joshua hasn't done that in the States yet. And Wilder, he, while he's done it in Vegas, he's not necessarily like a star. Like He doesn't have a Jordan brand deal like Triple G does. Triple G and Canelo, and the simple fact that these two aren't probably going to fight this year is going to become a super fight. The anticipation is going to be super high. 
Um, Wilder Joshua, you got a lot to work towards to get to make that a lot of time. Fight. Yeah, a lot of time. Like, yeah, I didn't think it happened soon, but like 2018, it's probably the best, next best chance. And I'm not sold that Canelo ever fights Triple G. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I think it eventually happens. I think you're going to be forced in a position for it to happen. Um, Oscar's just kind of fearful of putting him in there now. You got to milk the cow, the money cow, as much as you can. And, you know... I mean, his guy already took a loss, though. Like, at this point, it's... It's the, the Floyd. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the Floyd. I mean, yeah, you're going to lose the Floyd. Everybody takes a loss to Floyd. And the thing about Mexican fighters is that you can lose a fight. Mexicans don't care. They're going to still back you. It's the American audiences that we put so much stock into a loss. Um, you know, if, if Triple G were to lose, obviously, that changes everything. But nobody sees Triple G losing anytime soon at all. He's exciting. He's fun to watch. You know, Canelo's fun to watch. That's the other thing. Like, these guys are fun to watch. Wilder's, even though he gets knocked out, some of his fights, you know, for like five or six rounds have been really bad. And, but Triple G and, and Canelo, there's just no doubt that these guys will put on the show, even though I think Canelo gets killed in that fight, um, late stoppage. But that's the fight that everybody wants to see. That's next level boxing right there. That's a super fight, a huge fight. I hope, hopefully we get one of them because boxing yeah. is going to need it sooner or later. You know, the, the mystique of a Pacquiao versus Floyd rematch can only last so long. It's time for someone up to jump up and, you know, take that crown. Uh, That's boxing, though. Before we move away from it, your boy A.B. in the news again. Arrested again. Yeah. Again. Violated his probate based on a reckless driving charge from I forgot when. At least it's not drunk driving. I don't know how you're just recklessly driving. What the hell are you doing? I'm just saying, like, you know, with Broner... And John Jones, if these guys were on wacky racers, I'd tune in. Because they just need to stay far away from vehicles and life in general and social media. So Adrian Broner, you know, 10 days locked up, he'll be back out. And then he's going to have to face the music on whatever happens with this um, assault and uh, burglary charge uh, for the incidents outside the bowling alley. And, you know, Broner's just, you know, he's a knucklehead, man. I don't think he's ever going to get it together. This is who he is. So whoever he fights next, like, I hope he fought with somebody. They put him up there with Crawford. Hell, I hope Broner fights Pacquiao. I just don't want somebody to beat him up. <laughs> Broner-Pacquiao would be a great fight for Pacquiao. Yeah, the good versus the evil, apparently. But Broner's just, just not that good, man. And, and the fact that he's not that good, plus all this outside the ring activity, is, is, it's ridiculous, man. I'm sick of it. He's the perfect setup guy. That's True. it. You know, he, he's the jobber. And he's one hell of a, a heel at it. So he, he's the guy that sets up, you know, the next great star and... We're going to actually see uh, one of those stars this weekend, Errol Spence. Yeah. A guy who could really land that Broner fight. Um, damn near, he's in line. He's getting his first, I guess, major test, but with someone else who's become a jobber, uh, Chris Algieri. Yeah. I mean, Algieri's come a long way. The guy was living in his parents' basement, got a Pacquiao fight, changed his entire life. Great career for him, and he fought his way into the positions. He's just not elite. And his name, because of the Pacquiao fight, puts him in that category now. Uh, yeah. Kind of like Guerrero. He wasn't elite, but he fought Floyd, so everyone just wants his name on their resume. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, Guerrero was a little bit different because Guerrero was, you know, he was killing people at lightweight before he jumped up two divisions. Guerrero had some buzz behind him. Um, Algieri came out of virtually nowhere. You know, he beat Provodnikov. That put him on the map because Provodnikov was supposed to run over Algieri. Um, so, you know, the Spence fight. It, he'll be a competitor for a few rounds, but Errol Spence, he's got the goods, man. The kid is, the kid is a, a super talent, and uh, it'll be fun to watch how he uh, puts it all together against Algeria this weekend and then seeing what's next for him because 
obviously he's got the backing of the people like Floyd Mayweather and the boxing community. Now he's just got to turn it over to the to mainstream because he is definitely next in line to be a big deal. Yeah, uh, the stuff at the top kind of is at a stalemate because of Thurman and Porter. So we don't know exactly where that fight is happening still. I mean, it has the date, but we really haven't heard much about it. Right. So until those two fight, everything else is kind of just up in the air for PBC and the rest of their fights going on in 2016. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's switch over to UFC then. We got to talk a little bit about that. UFC just announced that it'd be UFC 204, if you do the math, will be in Madison Square Garden in New York City. Everything's gone through. The governor signed off on it. It's a go. How do you think they set up that pay-per-view? Do you think it's going to be you know, UFC 200 Part 2? Like, Are they going to make it a spectacle? Um, I don't think it'll be that big. It's terms of, like if you look at the 200 card right now, it's stacked. Like it's going to be interesting with who ends up on fight pass and who ends up on the prelims because that card is loaded. Definitely, two more um, spots left on that court card. Right, and and that's probably where the fight pass fights will come. But you know, two. I mean, if this if two or four is what it is in, at, at the Garden, um, depending on whether Weidman can you know beat Luke Rockhold or John Jones or where these guys at, they could put you know a few New Yorkers on this card. Maybe Frankie Edgar if he wins the interim title against Jose Aldo. I mean, there are some. There's some scenarios. I think it'll be it'll be a big card, um, but it won't be any bigger than what they're doing for 200. But I think they'll, they'll load it up with a lot of New York talent. I think Aljamain Sterling will end up on that card. Um, it, mean, it's you have him. You, if, like you said, if Weidman is the champion, Weidman's automatically going to be on the card. They said, yeah. So that that's another championship fight. John Jones DC. You don't know when that's getting rescheduled for. If they want the long layover to let DC get healthy, that's a possibility. Ronda Rousey. Has been talking about a November return. That peg her for this fight. Yeah, there's a lot of ways you could go with it, man. It, it, it's going to be a big deal because you know New York has been living like cavemen and finally allowing MMA to be uh, legalized sport. Is so you know the people are going to come out in droves to see the, whoever fights on this card. So it'll be big regardless. We got to be out there for this. I'm calling it already. So no, don't we'll book see. nothing for November. So no, no, not we're not going to see. We're going to be there. We're going to make it happen. All our loudspeakers family is out there. We got to go. We got to do our little, like, media rounds. Got to be on, like, taxes joint. We got to be on Combat Jack show. We got to do all that, hyping up the fight, hyping up us, and then go that weekend. All right. Well, shit. That sounds like a good idea. All right. We're doing it. Uh, let's review one fight. I, I think only one fight mattered from last weekend. Uh, yeah. JDS. We saw his return. Yeah, man. Uh, he looked, versus he looked Rockwell. good. Well, he looked great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Rothwell is a... Uh, he couldn't get his hands on him, and that's been the strength of Roth- Rothwell these past few fights. Is once he gets his hand on you, his submission game has been so underrated. But JDS was light on his feet. Um, you know, was, it looked like he was fighting the mountain from Game of Thrones because Rothwell was just a big hairy dude awkwardly <laughs> chasing him around for five rounds. But Junior looked great. Um, I'm curious what they do with him next. Yeah, like because the, the heavyweight division is just a mess right now. Yeah, it's it's all over the place. As soon as someone gets close. And you'd be like, okay, they're the next contender. They just got to win this one fight. They lose. Yeah. That's, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm here for a Overeem JDS rematch if that's what we need to see. Because, uh, you know, I, I'd never fathom that Overeem would have knocked out Junior. So, you know, maybe the, these guys will eventually be on a crash course to fight each other again. Where does that leave Kane? Well, I mean, Kane's got, you know, he's got a fight at 200. So we'll see how good he looks in his fight. Uh, I don't. I don't know. The heavyweight division is just in shambles right now. And as soon as John says, "You know what? I'm here," 
then it gets really interesting. Oh, so then he's coming for that belt. Yeah, so it's you know I, I don't know if Stipe's if I'm um, Fabrizio Verdun's going to be Stipe. I really like Stipe Miocic, so it's this whole division's a mess, and it could lead to you know even if Verdun wins, maybe he has to fight Overeem again, who Overeem beat him at the Strike Force uh, for the Strike Force heavyweight title. Um, it may, but this was before Fabrizio had great, much better hands. So there's a number of ways this thing can go in this heavyweight division. Um, but JDS, you know, return to form is still impressive. I, you know, damn, you got Derek Lewis too. Yeah, that's the other guy with a great he's, knockout. You know, scary he's, power, scary, wants, scary power. He wants Roy Nelson. That's a great matchup. Give it to him. Yeah, um, you know, you got Roy Nelson. Uh, what's his face? Just read up for a new contract. And Mark uh, Hunt. Mark Hunt. So. Uh, those are two great matchups for you know Derek Lewis maybe in the future stylistically those match up, so you you have these guys that are working with their way around. There's just no youth. No, but I mean you know for me right now I'm looking at Derek Lewis because his power his ground and pound is just filthy. Like you know he's he's hurting people, and um, if, you've, if you've ever seen him live, which I know you have, Kel, but that dude like when he hit, when that ground and pound hits, the, everything shakes. Like, you can feel it in press row. So it'll be interesting. I'd like to see him fight Rothwell, to be honest with you. You know, I want to see him fight a top five guy. I think he's ready for that step. Um, he's that good. But, yeah, the rest of the division, you know, there's nobody there. No, no one. It's, you know, Frank Mir is still rated like eight or nine. So it's, it's a weird division. Um, coming up this weekend, we have UFC in Tampa. Are you excited about this card anymore? The injuries just ruin it. We've had three changes, four changes to the top two, the main or oh the co-main God. in this. Uh, where do you even stand on this fight? It's, it's so weird to me. Well, you know, when, when Ferguson got hurt and Khabib ended up facing, uh, uh, what's his name, Daryl Horcher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the I was new kinda, guy. <laughs> you know, it kind of took the wind out of the sails. But I, wasn't, I, was, I was sad, but I was like, all right. Then Lyoto Machida, which it just feels weird. It felt like he got his hand caught in the cookie jar and was like, hey, 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 guys, I did some, I did some shit I'm not supposed to do. So then he gets pulled from the card. Um, but I was never excited for Machida Henderson anyway. The, the fight I am excited to see on this card is Rose and Tisha Torres. Rose Namajunas and Tisha Torres is the fight I really wanted to see. Um, so I'm still interested in this card. I want to see how Khabib looks after the long layoff, damn near two years. Um, and you know, I want to see Cubs Swanson fight again. Uh, it's just I'm not as excited as it was when it had Khabib and Tony Ferguson on it because that was the fight I really wanted to see. But And the you know, headliner is now Evans. Yeah, it's a Shara. It's which a Shara. Is, I mean, we'll see what I, Evans has less. That, and that's, that's all I'm curious about because the Bader fight, Rashad looked bad, really bad. So, you know, fighting a guy, Glover Teixeira, who, you know, only uh, other than John Jones, like, you know, who's really giving Glover Teixeira trouble? So... Rashad's gonna have it's, it's either it's do or die for Rashad Evans in this fight. I'm here to see it. I'm interested, uh, but you know, other than that, it's like all right, you know. I mean, and Glover also lost to Phil Davis, who's now Bellator. But it's it's an intriguing fight. But it was an intriguing co-main event. I'm here to see Rose Namajunas and Tisha Torres because the strawweight division, women's strawweight division in the UFC is is very competitive. Definitely, a, and Rose is of, working her way up to that title shot. Yeah, and she's that good. That girl is. Um, she's a, she's an intriguing personality, uh, and she's got skills. We saw what she did to Paige Van Zandt, and you know she lost to Tisha Torres and Evicta years ago. So when she was, I think she just turned twenty one in that fight. So there's, like I said, a ton of intrigue. I'm looking for it. I'm excited for it. Um, 
that fight. Everything else, I mean, Michael Chiesa and Benel Del Rouge is, is good. Betch Correa return after getting mauled by Ronda. She's fighting <laughs> Bucky Pennington. Um, Court Begee's on the card. It's not a bad. It's not a bad card. It's just you know being kind of decimated by injuries and Leo Machida. You know, don't do drugs and do drugs campaign. <laughs> How do they fix these injuries, man? We we've seen just these entire April cards just be ravaged by injuries, you and know? they're in danger of having everything we saw at that press conference that we're so hyped about just fall by the wayside now because it looks like every fight is just getting hit with a, like they tip the dominoes and they're all just falling. I mean, this is UFC. They until you know you get. Because of the disciplines in UFC that you got to practice, it doesn't take much for somebody to fall on your leg or, you know, some you know an injury to happen. So they're building the new performance center, the the the, the center out here in Vegas, which is supposed to help. They're supposed to get these trainers to show people how to train properly without getting help. I mean, without getting hurt. But it's MMA, man. You can't really stop injuries. You know, these guys don't really take their foot off the gas in training. Anything can happen. You know, bodies are flying around those MMA gyms all the time. If you go to a gym, you're looking at guys, you're like, well, shit, somebody's going to get hurt. <laughs> and, and that's pretty much what happened. You know, Cormier gets hurt. Ferguson, freak injury. You know, thought he had a punctured lung or whatever it was. Um, things happen. You can't get away from it. So as soon as I saw the UFC Unstoppable, the first thing I said was, let's see how many of these things stand up in the next few months. It's hard to keep a card intact. Um, even UFC 200 is, is destined for somebody to get hurt. Do we need less cards then? This has always been the case. Do you I've need less cards to stack the talent just in case? I've always said that. I've always felt like there are too many uh, UFC cards in the sense that you got talent, but you know when an injury happens, you feel like you would like to get a fighter in there, and you can't really do that when you have a card, you know, three cards a month. And I get, you know, they want to make this a universal sport when you know it has no season finale. It's it's going to be continuously year round. But man, it's just so many fights, dude. It's 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 hard for for many of us to keep up. And then you have the fight pass, and then you have Fox Sports One, One. Yeah, one FS One a month, one pay per view. We're good. Yeah. Every and, now and then you throw it on Fox. Yeah, and then you just kind of say, all right, well, you know, you have an injury to a major card. You look at the FS One card, and you go, hey, you're going to be off of the FS One card because it's on free TV anyway. And we're going to pull you to the pay per view. And if you do that, you know, you don't have cars that get really decimated by injuries. I mean, it's not nearly as bad when John Jones, you know, pulled out a uh, 151 when Henderson got hurt because that car was terrible. There was no <laughs> way they should have kept that car together. But, you know, injuries are a thing in the UFC and they're always going to be a thing. They're never going to figure this out. So, you know, guys are going to train as hard as they want to train. They're going to get hurt. And that's that. And like you said, now it just forces people to stay in the fight because John said, uh, you know, one of the reasons he stayed in and took this Ovin St. Prue fight is because he pulled out of that Henderson fight a long I, time ago. And uh, it's like he owes it to fans. It's like, yeah, but you don't want to be stupid either. Yeah, I hate that. I hate the pressure of, you know, accepting a short notice fight. I, it, it disgusts me because if I'm a fight, if I'm Conor McGregor, for instance, and the Nate Diaz fight, like you didn't have to take that fight. And I, and I respect him for doing it. But if Conor McGregor didn't take the fight, right, we would have been pissed for like a week and we would have got over it. We would have been pissed at RDA. Yeah, but I'm just saying like, yeah, and we would have got over it and we would have moved on. And then Conor could have properly trained for Nate Diaz or whoever he was going to, or Rafael Dos Anjos fight. He would have properly trained for it, maybe one, and we wouldn't have to worry about him losing. It's just, fight, you know... Fight short notice fights are a thing that we've the fans and social media have pressured fighters into doing, and the UFC is, not, is, is guilty of this too. Yeah, the UFC they, they blame John Jones, 
Yeah, they blamed John Jones for that car falling apart. It wasn't John Jones' fault. It was Dan Henderson getting hurt, and then you not having a strong enough car to keep everybody interested. That's not John Jones' fault. As much as I talk about John Jones being a douchebag, even though it's Chael's son and somebody he could have ran over, you you should never make somebody feel guilty for fighting somebody on like four days' notice. Like that's it's stupid. It's ridiculous. We we talk about like ten days with Connor and Nate, but let's be real. That was like three days' notice because after that it was fight week. You're not really doing that much preparation during fight week. You're doing media obligations and everything else. So exactly. It's just not fair. It's not fair to these guys. No, it's, it's like, you know, telling the NFL team in the playoffs, like, oh, you know what? Okay, Tom Brady got injured. You're supposed to play the Patriots. We're just going to remove them and take a random team that didn't make the playoffs and put them in two days before the game. Have yeah. at it. Like, th- it just doesn't work. You, yeah. The other team may be great. You still might not win that fight because you didn't prepare for that team. Or you didn't prepare for that person. It's just a horrible setup. And we don't see it in other sports. We don't see it in boxing, which is a combat sport. You just don't take people out and put people in. Nah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I mean, so hopefully, you know, some of these guys are watching up. But it is what it is. You know, like guys like Conor, they're going to want to fight. Fine. Go ahead, fight. But you're putting a lot on the line by doing it. People respect you. But at the end of the day, only people that you remember is whether you win or lost. That's it. Exactly. All right. Let's take a quick break then because we're coming back. Uh, we probably got like 20, 25 minutes left in the show. We got to talk wrestling. Yes, uh, sir. WWE had some stuff go down, a key injury, and New Japan had one hell of a card we got to talk about. So everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back. everybody what's up thanks for staying through the break we promised you wrestling we're gonna give you wrestling we had raw on monday and second week we see shane o'mac on raw we don't see vince we don't see the authority just shane o'mac running stuff he says this is his last week we'll see um what'd you think about raw um i thought raw was actually really good um in the sense that it, it ran a lot smoother than the week before, you, with all the you know the new the new talent, um, we had some great matches. AJ Styles and Sami Zayn. Um, it, it just in terms of it coming after WrestleMania, it just again it made WrestleMania feel so inconsequential. Cause like, dude, Shane, you lost. It, it was funny watching Shane tell Kevin Owens he lost at WrestleMania, and that's why he can't get a you know an immediate IC title shot. But here you are running Raw, and you lost to the Undertaker. Really like confusing um from that base but as a standalone show i thought it was good man i mean we got the the debut of gallows and anderson um you know cesaro and kevin owens had a great match it there was uh, the dudleys and lucha dragons i didn't care about the the uh <laughs> the graphic for the bootios tournament with the booty with the amazing still, they oh put some God. real work into that yeah everything about that is is great. Natalia and Charlotte had a great match, which I thought had a, a great finish with Ric Flair saving the day and Charlotte looking like, oh, I, I, I didn't lose my title when she tapped. 
sets up a program for payback. It feels like they're keeping Sasha away from the title until SummerSlam. Um, which, which is a- crazy again. Like, why do you just... She was so hot. You built all this uh, just momentum for her. She had the Snoop entrance. Everyone thought it was her time. She doesn't win, and then you just take her off the television. Well, I mean, they're overloaded with talent. I'm not mad at this decision at all. I think it's best right now to keep Charlotte holding on to that title, and they're redefining her heel role with Ric Flair. You know, as it, you know, the Dr. Phil thing, I thought was really, he- you know, I didn't know what they were doing with Dr. Phil, but I thought it was great how there was how Phil kind of played off of like, you know, you're living off your dad, and he's, you know, saving yeah, his ass. He planted the seeds. Yeah, but I don't think I, I think this doubles down their their relationship. And if Charlotte, which uh, you, she'll go over on Natty at Payback, which Payback, yo, first of all, Payback in Chicago, that card is loaded. That card looks better than WrestleMania. Oh, but, pure wrestling wise, yeah. Oh definitely. my god, it looks great. But going back to Charlotte, keep her strong. Sasha will be involved in a feud with somebody and beat her up. But have Sasha have her moment at SummerSlam. They'll rebuild her momentum. Sasha's momentum is not dying anytime soon. Um, they're probably waiting for Becky to get healthy. Sasha and Becky may have a match or something like that. But um, and then, you know, just keep building that Charlotte is this monster, this heel uh, that everybody hates and wants to see lose the title. Because right now, Charlotte hasn't necessarily become that woman that you're like, oh, I'm sick of her with the title. By by August, people will be sick of Charlotte. Um, but, I mean, overall, I thought it was a great show, man. I thought it was a great show. But what did you think? I, I thought it was great. You know, I thought the match between uh, Zayn and Styles was really good. Uh, yeah. I expected a run-in, but it seems like they're moving away from that, which is mm-hmm. also a positive thing. Uh, I'm not mad at that at all. Like, okay, you don't want to have run-ins? Cool. Uh, the straight-up losses don't bother me. Once again, it's ongoing. There's no off-season. People can take an L and come back. Right. Uh, so it was a great match between the two. Uh, Sami Zayn, I, we'll see where he goes from here. It, obviously, it looks like him versus Owens uh, for payback, but we don't know yet. It, it's kind of still building. They're building the anticipation towards that fight still. They're fighting that payback. I mean, there's no doubt. It was interesting to see Kevin Owens get escorted out of the building, and then I was like, oh, he's going to run in, and he didn't. Yeah, no comeback. I was like, okay, I'm sure he'll address that next Monday. Oh, yeah, but um, those two are they're headed on the collision course. And in Chicago, with that feud will be ultra hot. With uh, no belt, though. Like you, I think it was you that said they don't need a belt for nah, this feud. They, and I they was really like, don't. I was like, how do you, one, how do you set up a ladder match in the future without a belt? Two, I, I just didn't understand, like, the concept around it. Like, to me, Owens was a champion. He's such a great champion. Why not have him have the belt? Um, but, like you said, it's working without the belt. Kevin Owens doesn't need it. He can talk himself into the situation. It doesn't even matter between these two. Um, yeah. And they can build one hell of a story. And they haven't even gotten into the backstory yet. That's what the, I'm saying. The, the got... 13, 14 years of plot. Like, they're building a good story without any of that. Yeah, they, they, I mean, there's so much history behind those two, and and I mean, from PWG to ROH, like these guys just fought everywhere, and <laughs> had one of the and had one of the best feuds in wrestling. Period. You know, when El Generico versus Kevin Steen, for you know those who never watch indie wrestling, go back and watch these matches and watch how because they were a tag team, they were best friends. Owens turned on Generico. The the thing went. I mean, they went insane with it. So at this point. They, you know, if you start putting those those stories in, you don't need a title. This is just a few that needs to happen. Cesaro versus Miz. Cesaro needs a title. They had. They, I felt like they did a workaround to figure out how to get Cesaro a title. He kind. He's a guy <laughs> who kind of needs a belt. 
Um, and, and with that being said, Miz and Maurice together, their little segment backstage was dope. Um, Maurice, you know, don't drink domestic water. Like she's adding another element to Miz's character, which is important. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, we'll talk about the main event. I mean, the funniest thing about Raw is that Roman Reigns is the champ. And even though he gets booed out of the building, he's not a big part of the show. No, uh, he was the sidekick. Yeah, and Bray Wyatt, as a face, stole the show. Uh, and that excellent finish where Wyatt uh, hit the sister Abigail and then the no-look point to Sheamus to, like, <laughs> get him, bitch. And, like, in six Roman Reigns on Sheamus with the spear, that was – everything about that was phenomenal. Um, and then now just, we hear that Bray Wyatt was injured uh, during a, a live show in Milan. So leg injury for Bray Wyatt. No details on how long he'll be out, but he had to be helped out of the ring. The match was canceled, so whenever they all-out stop a match, that's not good. Um, We'll see. They say calf, so it's not knee. Uh, I guess you can tear still a ligament around your calf, or you could tear the muscle, or it could just be a cramp. So, you know, there's so many things that can happen down there. We'll see uh, what happens to Bray Wyatt, because they were in a pretty good feud, and Bray was getting a really good push. Yeah, I mean, Bray, the, the, ch- turning him over as a face was the best thing that WWE has done in a long time because as a heel, you know, he was losing a lot. Um, he was putting guys over. And the fans just like him. You don't have to do a character change. He's the same guy with the same motives. And you just have him beat up a bunch of heels that he yeah. doesn't like. And, and that's the best way to do it. And that's the way that you build the character. That's how you kind of built the mystique of The Undertaker. Because Undertaker was so good as a heel, but when you turned him face, you kept the character exactly the same. He was over with fans. So you do the same with Ray Wyatt and the Wyatt family. Eventually, Luke Harper comes back. Maybe eventually Luke Harper takes the Wyatt family away from Bray Wyatt. I don't know. But there's a ton of scenarios here where Bray Wyatt works as a face and you can get him super over with the crowd. Hopefully this injury isn't something that's longstanding. And even Um, if it's a couple months, Bray is the type of character where he doesn't have to wrestle to keep his mystique. He can sit in his rocking chair. He can send the Wyatt family out for two months to do his bidding. And then when he's healthy, he can come back. Yeah, you know, very true. He can true. just cut promos and, and keep all the momentum that you built for him. He can keep that going through a small injury. Now, if you need surgery or something, obviously more difficult. But uh, I, I can see him just cutting promos for two months and letting you know the other two Wyatt family members do his bidding and coming back with money in the bank. Like, yeah. what if Bray wins money in the bank on the return? Like, a face Bray Wyatt with a money in the bank just terrorizing people, don't know when the hell he's going to cash in. Imagine the lights just going out on Roman Reigns every other week and yeah. he's just scared as hell and bray doesn't cash in yeah and i mean he just never knows when it's gonna come like so many different angles with bray as a face and they could have done it as a heel but they didn't you know feel they had that platform to do so so no it's 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 different level for bray Wyatt. roman Reigns, on the other hand is i'm really interested in how this is going to play out with aj styles i don't see him losing the belt to aj styles um i just don't see what the WWE's booking is thinking because this match is going to be in Chicago and it's going to be brutal for Roman Reigns. I, I think they're trying to have him win over the Chicago crowd like he did the Philly crowd temporarily, but then he went back there and got booed again. It's um, never going to happen. He's not going to do. You're not going to win over a Chicago crowd who <laughs> loves indie wrestlers and put AJ Styles against Roman Reigns in just a, a one-on-one match with like no third person, no nothing. Chicago... F- Fans are just having like flashbacks of CM Punk versus Ryback. I mean, CM Punk versus Cena, Money in the Bank. That was one of the best matches ever the WWE's put on. And and Cena, I mean, he got booed out of the building. I don't know if Roman Roman's not built for this. I mean, 
and, and, and the reason why I say Roman's not built for this is because I'm getting sick of the I'm not a bad guy, I'm not a good guy, I'm the guy. It's like they're trying to force that down your throat. So it's going to be, I don't know, man. He's, he's on Raw, but he's like a footnote to Raw. He's not even the highlight of Raw anymore. Everybody else is. And we still don't even know what's happening with the U.S. Championship. Uh, we didn't touch on it, but Kalisto looked like he may have been injured. It could be a work. I think it's a work. I think they just protected him to make sure that the that they lost that um in the title tournament, but it wasn't his fault because he is the U.S. champion. Yeah, he has to come off of that belt sooner or later too, because he's not even defending it on television. No, I mean I, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he'll get into it with somebody else. Um, God knows who. Uh, but I think with like Kalisto, he's got a lot of talent that he showed in the indie scene, and we just we really need to see him break out. Like he really needs to break out of the Lucha Dragons. You know, he just needs to be Kalisto and really put it together as a wrestler. And right now, it's just not getting over. Yeah, so that, that was raw, pretty much, wrapped up uh, in a nice little tight Except package. for, you forgot the biggest part. Oh, yes, how could I? Bullet Club debut. Mm, I'm not really necessarily going to call it the Bullet Club. Well, listen, they're going to be the Bullet Club forever. I don't care. They change the name. They do whatever the hell they want. They still do all the Bullet Club mannerisms. They did double guns. You know, it, everything was there. For the Bullet Club, um, I, I thought they looked great. It, um, it, was, it was a shock. I don't think anyone expected it. No, not during the Usos match. And that, poor Usos. If anybody needs a reboot, those two guys need a reboot. Um, but yeah, when Gallows and Anderson, and if you notice, they, they referred to uh, Gallows as Luke Gallows, not Doc Gallows. Luke Gallows is Luke Gallows that used to be with uh, Straight Edge Society. Yes. Um, but Carl Anderson looks great. Dude's lost a ton of weight. Well, not even a ton of weight. He's just he's, he's just, just tightened ripped. up. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. tightened up. Um, but my problem is where if the if the WWE feels like they can get over it with them just being a tag team, um, they don't necessarily have a unique look to them. But they can wrestle, and even and they can wrestle. But they're not like even in New Japan. They were like they wrestled kind of a WWE style. Um, Anderson really is the guy who makes that engine work, but and Machine Gun is the mouthpiece. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Carl Anderson's he he does both. Uh, Gallows is the big brute. It's just going to be interesting because if they don't get over with the crowd in a few weeks, and 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 here's why I say this is because there's so many names have been called up in the past two weeks. They've got to some guys just aren't going to get over, and I think Apollo Cruz is going to become a victim of this. Uh, the Vaughn Williams obviously are going to be a victim of this. Enzo and Cass are going to be over. They've got it. I don't know where Anderson and Gallows fall into this. And hopefully they do this right because I don't see a Bullet Club reunion of any sorts coming in the near future given how Anderson and Gallows came in. I think they're going to use them as a tag team to reboot this tag team division and give them a, a run. But if they don't become champions, they just become uh, the Ascension, then there's no Bullet Club. or well, whatever. I, I think you, you always have the ace in your pocket where you can always put them into the Bullet Club and everyone knows. So if they are going to join the Balor Club, you can start them off by themselves, and whenever they start losing steam, you just throw them with Finn, and, yeah, and they're fine. I just feel like we're a long way from connecting those dots. Yeah, Finn's can, still in the next like, team. If everything goes well, it's a long way away. If stuff starts to hit the fan and you know they start turning into ascension, then you speed up that process. Then but, you, know, you, you press fast forward, and you say, okay, they're Finn's guys. But on top of that, like Finn doesn't. I mean, right now, as everything stands right now, Finn doesn't need anybody. The only reason, like, he's teasing this, and people are like interested. But Finn's a star by himself. The only reason Finn would ever need them is if he turned heel, and he had. We're, we're far. It seems like we're far from that right now. So, you know, I, 
I don't like fantasy booking too far out because I have really no idea what they're doing with all this Maybe talent they that they brought Styles, up. Styles, then. I mean, if, if you don't put him with Finn, you put him with Styles. Yeah, I don't see. And Styles doesn't need him right now. No, it's just it's just as 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 of right now, the WWE has their hands full, you know, booking this talent because now you got again you got Cruz, you got the Valvillians, you got the Enzo and Cass, you got Allos and uh, Gallows and Anderson, and then you got Cesaro returning, and then it's like you're eventually gonna have Neville. And Rollins. It's like you're going to have to book all these guys. So some guys just Orton aren't going to make it. is, what, two weeks away from returning. Exactly. Some of these guys just aren't going to make it. And I don't know who they're going to be. And Anderson and Gallows, they don't have that. If it wasn't for the Bullet Club, they'd just be a regular tag team. If it wasn't for their history. So you never know with Vince, too. Like, Vince putting over factions from other companies is not really his thing. So we'll see how, you know, if the demand is there, maybe they do it. But I'm, I'm curious because they... they they introduced them the week after the Raw after WrestleMania, um, and there's really no ties to anybody else right now. So we'll see. I mean, to hopefully, me, I, I think Vince, when he signed off on it, you signed them because you have Finn and because of the Balor Club. I, I think Triple H says these are his guys. This is why you bring them in. I, I think that was his conversation with Vince. Vince isn't stupid. If they were just an indie group that he signed, they'd be in NXT. But the reason they're not in NXT is because Triple H went and said these guys are special. They were with him. Them together is special. Let's go. I'm tired of being on TV every week. We don't have to be the heels to carry this shit. Man, Somebody's I... going to be the heel group and faction like DX was, like, you know, the countless factions that can carry the heat and you don't need Mr. McMahon on TV every day. No, that's true. I just, I, like I said, I don't know. I, like, I, always, I also thought it was kind of weird to see them debut on Raw like that in, in just a, in a strange way because... I just I, like the, the the dots are so far apart to connect these guys because I don't think they'll ever join with Styles and Finn's still in NXT and I thought we Finn's might... not in NXT though Finn is nowhere to be honest he take yeah. he did no tapings for the next five weeks he'll probably cut a few promos we'll have Samoa Joe versus I don't know, maybe Austin Aries for a number one contenders match or Nakamura whoever it may be but they're gonna carry the storyline in NXT for the next five weeks Joe trying to build himself up for a third title match and someone else trying to stop him. Well, you know, the other thing is, if you go back to other TakeOver shows, which I actually was doing, the TakeOver show, I mean, the, the, the NXT shows after TakeOver are pretty stupid and bad. They're just like pre-recorded stuff that they just stick in there. So not seeing Finn is actually not that big of a shocker to me. So there's a possibility that we, you know, Ballard, he defends the title at the, the next, you know, TakeOver. And we don't see him, I don't know when we see him, to be honest, on the main roster. Because if you didn't do it now, and right now, you know, all this talent is coming in that you got to figure out what to do with, you don't want to add another name to the mix just to confuse things even more. So maybe they wait until SummerSlam. Maybe they wait until later in the year. I have no idea. Maybe he, just, he magically appears in Money in the Bank. Who the hell knows? But Ballard, it's just there's so many people now. And, you gotta, and, then, and you're still signing people on top of that. So it's, it's, a, it's a lot to work with. I just hopefully Anderson and Gallows don't get buried in the process. Talking about a place where the Bullet Club ruled supreme for the past couple of years and Anderson and Gallo just dropped their titles before joining WWE, New Japan. They're yes. on the rebuild. You know, Bullet Club is no more. We have the elite with the remaining members of the Bullet Club. Um, we saw, you know, Finn jump and then Nakamura jump. So it, it's a lot of talent they're losing. AJ Styles jumped and they're on the rebuild. What's next for them? And we kind of got that in this pay-per-view. It was a New Japan invasion attack. 
And this is the first time we got a taste of life after those stars. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know what? It wasn't a bad show. Life after like Nakamura and those guys, like right off the bat, Will Ospreay Jr. is a star. Yes. He is 22 years old and put on, I would say, a four and a half star match with Kushida for the, the junior heavyweight title. And, and his match against Ricochet was better than that, by the way. But it was yeah. still my favorite match of the night. Which actually in the background, I'm actually watching these shows, the Evolve shows now. Um, but dude, Osprey is that guy. Like watching him wrestle, phenomenal in Kushida. But the card as a whole, um, and I just kind of want to jump to it, with Naito winning the uh, IWGP heavyweight title from Okada, it's like this refreshing... Everything's being refreshed in New Japan. I feel um, like they usually let the champion hold the strap for longer, though. Yeah, but Naito was like, it was next. Like, Naito's a guy who, ever since he's turned heel, has been incredibly charismatic and has been primed for stardom. And, you know, they, they could do a switchback. Like, he can win the title now and give it back. Or Naito can win the title. I think I said this like four months ago on this show. Naito can win the title, and Okada has to go through G1 to get it back. There's, there's a number of ways that you can do this. Um, you know, you guys, guys like Shibata, uh, it, it was just loaded. But to see Naito win that title in the manner that he did, it, it was, and then just kind of like, he, he, he treated the title like crap. He left it in the ring, kind of just slung it over his shoulder. Oh, yeah. And, and the match was good. Him and, him and, o, and Okada had a great match. Um, it's just, you know, the, the card as a whole was, was pretty good. Pretty good, but I guess we'll go back. Um, one of the things that, that that struck me is uh, Ricochet and uh, Matt Sydal losing their the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Titles to Rapongi Vice, which makes me even more curious about what Ricochet is doing. Uh, even though he's taped a few ep- episodes of Lucha Underground as Prince Puma, it seems like with him not taking any bookings through June, we're going to see Ricochet somewhere sooner than later, and I'm trying to figure out what that is. Uh- there's only one place for him to go, and that's the WWE. Like, they've seen him in these Evolve shows. He headlined the Evolve show. Um, you know their relationship with Evolve. Uh, we saw Blanchard, his girlfriend, or fiance, whatever she may be at this point. She was just in NXT this week, and we saw her, she taped that match during WrestleMania. That's not a coincidence. Yeah, it kind of is. I mean, she's she's on like Shimmer and everything else. I mean, there was like there was a Chikara tag team that was on NXT. It was just, they just they were just talented. Just happened to be in town. But they're just on. bringing a lot of people that revolve around this guy, <clears throat> Apollo yeah. Cruz. There's a lot of close relationships to the point where he's kind of like, eh, I, all my friends are kind of there. Let's go. And yeah. you know, he was in that weird contract, so it's just finding a way to get him out of that contract. Um. Can you break it? Can you buy him out? Will Lucha even listen? Uh, he's canceling his indie appearances. He says that he's going to be in New Japan um, again for the summer in the tournament. But who knows? Yeah, he'll be in the Super Junior Tournament again. He's won it before. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, it's just interesting because they lost the titles. After just winning them, they lost them to Rapungi Vice, which which is horrible. I can't stand Rapungi Vice, and that no. song gets stuck in my head all the damn time. <laughs> but um, as a whole, I just think it's intriguing to see where where Ricochet goes. He's the guy everybody's watching. Once again, my biggest problem with Ricochet, which has always been my problem with Cruz, is cutting a promo, and that's the that's what they're going to have to work on with him because it's just not going to be talent's going to get him over. 
because um, he is, he's got tons of it, uh, you know, but who knows, who knows what happens? It's, I just, I was just shocked to see them lose the tag team titles. Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of belts change hands. I'm watching it uh, yesterday and I'm just like, for a pay-per-view that I didn't consider to be a major pay-per-view, it's kind of like the first, it's the equivalent of payback. Yeah it's, yeah, it's just like, okay, we're restarting the storylines. And everyone knew they had to rebuild. And a lot of belts changed hands. So yeah. it leaves a lot open for the summer. And guys that I thought, like Seidel and Ricochet, who could be long-term champions, no. Um, we saw the elite, Kenny Omega, uh, and, and uh, obviously the Jacksons. Um, we, we saw them lose their titles. Which I don't understand the open, the never open six man tag team championship stuff, whatever. But they lost. So a lot of the favorites lost in this. Um, I, it was just weird to me. Shibata, I thought, was a great win. Uh, I thought he'd, you know, be getting more of a push, but he has the open weight championship. So cool. Uh, we saw another tag team that it looks like they're trying to build up uh, Tamatanga, who a lot of people suggested for a solo run. Yeah, not ready. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, you know, maybe he has the look, but I don't think he's ready either. But it's cool that he's in the tag team, and they win the titles. We talked about this after Wrestle Kingdom. They need a new kind of heavyweight tag team um, to carry it now that Gallows and Anderson left. So maybe, you know, Tonga uh, and Roa are that new tag team. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, again, there's, there's, there was a lot of rebooting. Um, you know, there was a lot of feuds being set up. Uh, you know, the, it's... It, Clearly, you know, with Kenny Omega, um, with, with the elite dropping the the uh, the six man uh, never tag team titles, they're going in a different direction. You know, we we Kenny Omega is going to have to defend his title soon, and I, I feel like just like how they have to work around things to get to people to where they need to be, I feel like we're they're working around Kenny Omega to get him into the title picture um, because the elite they kind of need that that major title. Uh, you know the Bucks will always be in the junior heavyweight tag team title picture. Um, G one is in, is not too far away, so there's some things we're gonna see. There's gonna be some interesting things to pay attention to over the next few months. But again, the card as a whole was good. I had, I had fun watching it. Um, you know, just seeing what they did with Naito, seeing Will Ospreay because clearly uh, I think he's gonna win the the junior the the junior heavyweight tournament. He's too good not to. Um, Definitely. Uh, you know, the, the, the Tamatanga, uh, it just, that tag match kind of sucked. Um, I was a big fan of, uh, the GOD with, uh, you know, just kind of watching Hanma and, and, you know, doing his headbutts and everything else, but you know, the gorillas of destiny, whatever, we'll see what happens. Uh, but it was a good show. It just feels like new Japan's doing a good thing with the reboot. Their ROH relationship cannot hurt at this point. You know, you see guys like Michael Elgin completely reboot their career in new Japan. So, It'll be interesting to see how everything plays out. And, you know, once the WWE is done running through New Japan and ROH and just pulling talent out, you know, these guys can settle down and really focus on the storylines. Because New Japan, they just got, man, they got torn apart by the WWE. Yeah, so I, th- I mean, I think- Osprey is, is a kid that looks really good, but how long before WWE picks him off? You know, maybe like two or three years. Once again, he's young. They don't yeah, go after people good. that young. But uh, two or three years, you now you have your eyes set on that. Like, damn, he's the next guy. Um, you'd love to set Kenny Omega up for something, but how long until WWE takes Kenny Omega? Right. Just as the character. 
um, the Young Bucks have been flirting with that notion and just kind of using it as a contract point to hype up the marks. But what if they jump? They ain't jumping. I don't um, think the WWE is ever going to get the Young Bucks. So you just never know. And, yeah. you know, Matt Seidel can go back. Who knows? Like, there's always possibilities now that the WWE is just going to snatch in and pick whoever they want. And yeah. they've shown that. And that's scary when they can just snatch in anytime and just be like, oh, I want this guy. Come here. And the guy's gone. So it's so hard to build around this talent. It, I don't know if it forces them to go more at just the J- Japanese wrestlers and just pushing them. Because it feels like there's a, li- a less likelihood that they jump. But we saw that with Nakamura. So what's to say that, you know, Shibata won't go? Or yeah. someone like that. You know, we, we talked about uh, Ishii. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of talent, man. I mean, it's a lot of talent, but I think New Japan is safe for now. Um, I think the WWE has their hands full with a ton of guys that they're trying to figure out what to do with them, you know, where they go. So it's like... They have to slow down on, on picking at this yeah. point. So, you know, it's cool that... It's, it's cool, like, to see New Japan. I didn't even mention it in the uh, Okada Naito matches to see Sonata, who who's a free agent, make his debut on the, uh, the main roster of New Japan. So it's like... They, once they get this thing figured out and settle back down, and G one rolls around, and we, you know, we can see. I think we see you're going to see several guys from ROH and G one. Maybe we see Ricochet in the G one, which I doubt. I think he'll be in the junior heavyweight. Maybe we see guy like Moose in G one. You know, it's there's there's a number of things you can do, and as long as you have that working relationship with ROH open, they should be okay. Um, and Invasion Attack overall was a pretty good card, um, and it just showcased that they still got talent, man. There's still there's still talent that that. That can be worked into and be made stars. And Okada's still a star. Even though he lost the title, Okada's a big deal. And I, I really don't see him leave, leaving New Japan. No, I don't think Okada ever goes. I mean, you, they have the key pieces. They're not going to fold. They're not TNA, which is going through their own problems right now. Um, damn near got evicted by all purposes out of their building. They're not there. But uh, it, it's just a weird build. So it's like, who do we make superstars next? And how do we stop the WWE from just pillaging our superstars? Yeah. That they it's... honestly worked really hard to build. AJ Styles, the WWE could have had him at the TNA. They worked hard to build him. Yep. Nakamura was built there. That whole persona and personality was built by them. How do you stop them from stealing people that you build up and build their characters and invest a lot in? You, you wait them out. You wait them out like the Yankees. I know it's your squad and everything. But the Yankees were notorious for just pulling talent. It was like, hey, we're going to trade and get this guy and get this guy. Eventually, you can't do it anymore. Eventually, you got to slow down. And the WWE is going to have to slow down. And New Japan just has to weather the storm and wait for WWE to be done pillaging and looting and plundering. And then say, all right, cool. Now, you guys, you guys are full. You guys full? You had enough to eat? All right, now we can do what we got to do. So that's where New Japan is at. Nah, so it was a good weekend of wrestling. Um, we're gearing up. For big UFC weekend coming soon, we're going to have payback pay-per-view. So the next couple of weeks for us is still going to be busy. A lot of stuff to talk about. Good show today. You go and get healthy. Yeah, man. Stay I don't even know if me. you can hear it. Like, I'm, I'm struggling <laughs> through this. Like, I got to miss this Badu Jack workout today. I, I can't even, I can't go nowhere. So I'm going to be sitting here watching old wrestling and catching up on some work. <laughs> I'm going to go check out the Badu Jack uh, workouts and then this weekend, like I said, UFC Tampa. Make sure you guys watch. That should be a really interesting card, along with boxing. Um, Felix Verdejo from Puerto Rico is fighting. Chill. And um, who else is fighting? 
Oh, and we talked about Errol Spence. Yeah. Fighting. Yeah. So great weekend for combat sports. Make sure you guys check that out. We'll be back again next week from Planet Hollywood at our home, Las yes, Vegas sir. Fight Shop. But for now, Andreas is sick, and I don't want to catch anything. So I'm going to get out of here. Until <laughs> next week, we're out. Peace.